Well, good morning, New Community Church. How's everybody doing today? Good? Man, it's a good day, and uh, this is our last week of Jesus Above. It's been a great series, hopefully really encouraging um, for you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Caleb Bagby. I'm the student pastor here at NCC, which means that I have the privilege of hanging out with teenagers um, all the time. NYC is our student ministry, New Youth Culture, and uh, we get together on Wednesday nights, and so that's kind of where our service happens, where we fill this. Um, we go upstairs to the next gen room and have a bunch of teenagers learning and growing together. It's really, um, it's really awesome. Now, I have the honor of being with you this morning and um, to bring a word encouragement for you guys. And today we are continuing our Jesus Above series. And so um, the title of today, kind of what we're focusing on, is Jesus Above Our Complacency. And so if you have notes in front of you, if you have notes on your phone, I mean, you could write that down as kind of our title of the day. And I encourage you to have some notes. If you don't already, then pull out those sermon notes in front of you from the chair um, and be writing notes this morning. Uh, and on Wednesday nights, we say note takers are history makers and uh, believe that it's important for us to record, write down what God's speaking to us, uh, that we look back and remember God spoke this to me and it's encouraging as we go forward in our relationship with him. And so Jesus above our complacency is what we're focusing on today. And we're going to be in Hebrews, as we have been for the last few weeks. Um, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, you can open up there. There are Bibles um, under the seats in front of you. And if you don't have one of your own, you could take that with you. It's our gift to you this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. And there's this idea of running a race, running our, going through our life with endurance. And that's kind of our focus this morning, uh, that God has more for us than what we may be comfortable with, what we may have become complacent with. And so when I think about complacency, I, there's a pretty good example, illustration, I think, that a lot of us can relate to, and that is going to the gym. How many of you in the room have ever been to a gym before? Anybody? Have you even just thought about going to a gym? Some of us may just um, group up in that group right there. We've thought about going to a gym before because we've all had this moment in our life where we think, you know what? Today's the day something's going to change. The next three weeks of my life, I'm going to go on this diet and basically eat nothing except for like vegetables like a rabbit. And I'm going to go for three weeks hard, this strict diet, and I'm going to work out like nobody's ever seen someone else work out before. Those CrossFitters, they got nothing on me for the next three weeks. Like things are going to change. All that body fat, I'm going to shred it out. I'm going to get swole. I'm going to get shredded. Things are, I'm going to look different. So we get motivated, right? And so we wake up early. We're ready to go. Things are going to look different for the next three weeks of my life. And we open the door to the gym and we see this beautiful machine right here. How many of you guys are pretty familiar with the treadmill? How many of you guys hate the treadmill? I think I would probably uh, relate more to you not really liking this machine a whole lot. But we walk in and we think, something's going to change. My life's going to look a little bit different and I'm going to go hard. And this is the first day we've woken up early, we're ready. We see that there's 12 speeds on this treadmill. And I'm going to crank it up to like 10 because no joke, I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to work hard and my life's going to look different, right? We're motivated and things are going to change. And then after about like 20 seconds, we're like, oh man, this is tiring. Honestly, like my legs are burning. Like one minute in, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to lower it down a little bit. We're like level two sounds pretty good right now. And so all of a sudden we become kind of comfortable with level two. We're walking. People lose weight by walking all the time, right? Like, that's, that's all I really need. Like, I'm moving. I can actually breathe now. It's probably healthier for me. I can feel my legs. And so now we're comfortable at just level two. 
and we're just going to kind of stay here probably the rest of the day. And then as the week goes on, we find ourselves not really working out as much or maybe not at all. And then, you know, pizza sounds pretty good today. So that diet doesn't really make any sense. And then the next day, man, let's go get another pizza. Man, who can say no to pizza? And so we find ourselves pretty comfortable at a level two instead of a level 10. And we become kind of complacent of where we're at. And this complacency shows up in a lot of different areas of our life. And our physical health is pretty obvious, and I think a lot of us can relate to that. But what about our spiritual health? On Sundays, we come and we're, we're filled up, we're poured into, and the rest of the week, we just kind of coast along. And we're complacent, like we're pretty comfortable with where we are. And I mean, it just takes a lot more work to put into my relationship with God to know him for myself. And so we just kind of coast on through the week. What about our relationships with other people? And all of us, you might have a spouse, you have kids, all of us, we have parents or friends, a family, we have relationships that we need to invest in and to be intentional about, or they're not going to go anywhere, things aren't going to grow, things aren't going to change, but we find ourselves so often becoming pretty complacent with where we're at, kind of going at this level too. And think about like, some of us may think, man, maybe I should ask my son like, or my kids, how's your day been? But honestly, like, they'll talk to me if they want to. Like, it's not really a big deal. We're, we're in the room with our kids. They're on their devices, yeah, but we're spending time together. But nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. We're not investing in those relationships. Or with your spouse, maybe you used to give each other gifts or write each other sweet notes just because you love each other. But now you just kind of settle for a love you on your way out the door. And we just kind of become complacent and comfortable with where things are. It doesn't really need much more effort to make things different. But when we don't invest in those relationships, nothing's going to change and nothing's going to grow. What about our finances? A lot of times we'll find ourselves in debt and it's comfortable there. And it, I don't have to see those numbers. If I just ignore it, it's not a big deal. And it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take intentionality and discipline to get rid of it. But if we don't, we're missing something that financial freedom of doing what we want with the money that we've made. And if we don't have that intentionality, then we're missing something better. Or what about at your job or students at school? And we settle for, we've been doing this for years. I don't really need to put more effort into it. I don't really need to change something. Things are going fine. But you have the opportunity maybe to change some things that have been done the same way for years and years. It's going to take a little bit of change. It's going to take a little bit of intentionality there. We have the opportunity to make things better, but we've become complacent with where we're at. So we've gone from a level 10 down to level two, and we've just stayed here. We've just stayed here at this walking kind of level, complacent in those areas. And so I want to ask you, where in your life have you become complacent? Where have you stopped at a level two and just stayed there? And you think about complacency, and you can define it like this. Complacency is a self-satisfaction especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. It's this self-satisfaction. We're satisfied with ourselves, with where we are now, and we're actually unaware of the deficiencies. We're unaware of the things we're missing, of what's left out. We can't, man, if we look at our life, we don't want to be unaware of what more God has for us, of the deficiency in our life. We can't just be satisfied with where we are now because God has so much more for us in all of those areas, in your relationships, in your finances, your health, your relationship with God. 
because God has more for us, and he's not called us to just give up because Jesus is above our complacency. Jesus is above our complacency, and we're going to be in Hebrews 12, so you can look at that in the scripture. In this first verse in chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And this is what it says. You can underline this, highlight this. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God's called us to run with endurance, which means we're not going to be giving up anytime soon. If you've ever run an endurance kind of race, some of you like don't even want to ever say that word, don't ever want your trainer, don't ever want someone you work out with to say the word endurance because that's not who we are, that's not what I'm going to do. That's tough. Endurance takes, it, it takes training and it takes effort because there's a difference that separates an athlete in an endurance race or, track, or like track and field, cross-country athlete from a pretty average person. And that's pain. The difference between someone who can endure something is the pain that stops somebody else from going as far. Because an average person, I mean, you run like a couple miles and you're like, you know, I'm done. Like my lungs burn, my legs burn. There's no way I can keep going. But an endurance athlete, I mean, they'll go for miles and miles because that pain is not going to stop them where the average person stopped. And so there's a difference between, between that and an endurance and we find ourselves stopping way too early because things get difficult. In those different areas, we'll, we'll find ourselves becoming complacent and, being, and stopping when the pain comes because it's just hard. And we said something mean to our kids and that's kind of it. Or we bought something that we didn't have the money for at the time and it's now too late. And we find ourselves in these moments where it's difficult just stopping and kind of giving up instead of pushing through to what more God has for us. We get discouraged. And these are the painful moments, but these are the moments that define us. What were we going to do when we face this adversity or the difficult moments? Because we cannot give up. And there's something that I like to do a lot um, on my free time, and that's drawing. And um, so I've you know, lately been doing a lot of drawing of portraits and faces of other people. And when you draw a portrait, there's, you can tell pretty easily when you have something right and when you have something wrong, because it doesn't look like the person. Or you could, like, there's a face, pretty accurate, like, recognizable face in somebody else you're drawing, and you can tell when something's right or wrong. And so this is a picture of a drawing that I did recently, and as I'm drawing his face, it's, there is something a little bit off about it. I got the face done, I shaded it in, I was going to do all the, the rest of the details around it, and so I was, like, pretty happy with it. I was going to be able to do kind of the fun stuff, the details around, but there was something a little bit wrong with it. And I'd showed it to a couple of people. No one really noticed. And to be honest, I could have just kept going and left it alone because no one would have known. Like no one else except for myself would have known the difference. But I just knew I wasn't going to settle for just being okay. I wasn't just going to settle for it having this kind of, um, this thing that wasn't just right. And it was kind of like the bottom, like his chin was a little bit short and his jaw was a little wide. And it was difficult because I knew I'd have to erase like half of what I'd done already. And I'd have to redraw it, rework it, shade it in, and match it with the rest of the face. And so there's a lot of work that was going to have to happen if it was going to look right as opposed to look okay. But after I did it, I decided to go back and change it. And so I redrew the lines. I reshaded it, and I reworked the face. And now 
it turned out pretty good and I'm pretty proud of it that it matches pretty accurately the face that I was drawing. And it looked a lot more natural, looked a lot more real. And what I realized is that sometimes we're, we have to take a step backwards. Sometimes we have to rework some things. Sometimes we have to redraw some lines because we realize we've messed up, yeah. And we're just going to have to redo it if we want it to be right because God wants us to be better than where we are now. See, that's what God wants to do with us, to help us to be better than where we are at the moment. And this is where his discipline shows up in our life. And sometimes it's through other people, sometimes it's as we're reading his word, that this conviction in our heart shows up of, hey, we messed up in that area. And as opposed to just giving up, man, God wants us to recognize it, but to just change some things, rework some things, and be better for it, to grow, instead of just staying put right where we are. Because when we recognize that, that correction and that discipline, we shouldn't be discouraged, but we should be encouraged by that and how God is making us better. And so we're going to read a few more verses here from chapter 12 as it talks about this. And in verse 5, you see that it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. And besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. Verse 11, it says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You to understand that God sees us as sons and as daughters, and that discipline is necessary for our life because God cares more about your growth than he does about your comfort. You see, 99 times our comfort is going to keep us where we are. It's that comfort zone. You may have heard of it talked about like that. Our comfort will keep us from moving forward, for stepping out into something new, something better. God wants us to grow. God wants us to be better and more like him. And our comfort will keep us where we're at. So if we're going to grow, we're going to find ourselves pretty regularly uncomfortable in moments where we have to rely on the Lord, where we can't do it on our own. And so we have to recognize that, that we will be uncomfortable as we grow, going through discipline, going through correction. And that's the difficult part of endurance, but it's necessary to go through those maybe painful moments so that we can continue on in our life in those areas and endure And it's easy when we recognize that Jesus is above our complacency, that Jesus, his calling for a better life, his calling to be like him is more important than our feelings, more important than the complacency we feel in these different areas. And maybe the difficulty and that pain that comes with that, but Jesus is more important. We hold on to that. And we're not going to let that complacency keep us where we are from getting to where we could be. In verse 11, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained 
by it. The scripture actually says that discipline is going to be painful, that it's not necessarily pleasant at the time. So you can take, um, you can take some peace in that knowing that if it's painful, that's okay. But it's going to produce righteousness. It's going to produce peace in our life because discipline, the pain that we experience through endurance is good. Discipline is good in our life. The scriptures say the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. God disciplines us for our good in order we might share in his holiness. And it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And this could be hard for us because when we come to the Lord, when we come to God, we want to, we want to be perfect. We want to have everything together. And we want him to be proud of us because we figured it out that we've just done everything right. But there's kind of a reality check, and you can take peace of the fact that none of us will ever be perfect. We're never going to have it all figured out. And God already knows that. It doesn't come as a surprise when we mess up, when we make a mistake. Because God knows just that sinful nature. God knows, and he's not surprised. But God loves us enough to correct us. God loves us enough to discipline us and help us to be better. And so discipline is good. And we need to understand we can't be too embarrassed to be corrected. We can't be too embarrassed to come to the Lord to be corrected because we all mess up sometimes. But the Lord wants us to come to him and he's proud when we're willing to step past the pride and step past that comfort and be able to be made new and be able to be made more for him. You see, I want to be better more than I want to be right. And it's something we should be able to say about our life that we want to be better more than we want to be right. That our comfort and our pride and where we are now is not going to keep us from where God wants us to be. From taking a step closer to him and his plan for our life. That I would let God into my life, into my life, knowing what I've screwed up. Knowing the areas that I've messed up and things that just haven't gone right. Because I want him to be able to show me how to act correctly, how to treat the people in my life, how to be investing in those moments, in those places of my life to be better. Some of us may need to give God permission to change us, give God permission to be in our life and to correct us and to show us the areas that we've become complacent in, where we've been at a level two for too long and let him challenge us to go back to a level 10. And so now it's time for us to change. It's time to, us to accept the Lord's discipline and let him keep growing us. And the Bible continues with this challenge in verse 12. It says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet. It says, So get ready to rework some things. Get ready to redraw some lines. To work through that discipline. That mentally we'd be prepared, emotionally we're prepared to accept correction and change some things in our life because we're not going to stay where we are. That this is, we're done here because God has something much more for us outside of this area. And we, it's cool because we can help each other to do this. It's a declaration of NCC. We live life together. And there's a way that we help each other to not be complacent, not stay where we are because we live life together. Because when you think about running for endurance, there's a pretty big difference for running by yourself and running with somebody else. Now, last year, I spent a lot of mornings, a lot of early mornings uh, with Peter Romero, and some of you guys work out with him now at Camp Titan Fitness. Um, and 
working out with him, there's a pretty big difference when I would do it by myself and do it with him. And so we would run pretty often, and I got pretty used to like one mile. And there's just a street uh, by his house, so we'd run down the street in one direction, hit half a mile, turn around, and head back. So you got a mile. And so I got pretty used to it, and I was like, cool. I was like, hey, Peter, you want to run a mile? Let's do it. Like, I'm ready. You know, I could do this now. And every once in a while, like, we would run a little bit more, like two or three miles, and sometimes Peter wouldn't even tell me what we were running. It'd just be like, let's go run, and I'd just, okay, I don't know when we're going to stop. We could be out for hours. I miss work. I don't know what he's planning to do. And so we'd head down, down the street, and we'd be running, and I'd be running behind him. Like, I'm not going to let him outrun me, right? Like, I'm going to keep up as much as I can. I'm not just going to give up or turn around. And so we get to this point where it's like half a mile. I look back. The house is kind of getting farther away. Peter just keeps on running. And I'm like, seriously? Like, I, I, I'm ready to turn around. Like, I'm comfortable with this area. But he's continuing to go. And I'm, I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to stop by myself and just kind of wave at Peter. And so I'm going to keep going. And so I run past this moment and this marker where if I was by myself, I could pretty confidently say I'd turn around here. Like, I'm comfortable with a mile. I'm ready to go back home. Like, I've done enough. That's good. But with somebody else, they challenge us to go further, to be stronger, and to do more. And so let me ask you, who's running with you? Who's running with you? In your life that you have to actually talk to about your marriage, to talk to about your finances and your health. We should have somebody that we're doing life with, that we're living life together. Because when we're with someone else, we're stronger together. Maybe that's a family member. Maybe it's a close friend or a pastor in your life. Somebody you're working through and talking through these things with. And some of you may feel like, I don't have that group. I don't have those people I can talk to and work through things with. Join a group. We have groups here at NCC that meet throughout the week at different times and places. You can find a whole list of them on the website. But get together with a group of people, a community you can work through life with. You can run together because we're stronger together than we are by ourselves. And God has called us to run with endurance, to work past these moments is difficult, to face correction and discipline because God has so much more for us. And the first step of this is understanding where we've become complacent in the first place. Where have we kind of just sort of given up, kind of have a whatever kind of attitude? We've been running, kind of walking at a level two and just kind of forgotten what it's like to be putting, investing time and effort into those areas of our life. Because we have to realize that Jesus has more for us. Jesus is above our complacency. Our feelings and that comfortability is not as important as what Jesus is calling me to. A life of freedom and a life of encouragement and living more like him. That's more important. He's above it.